Scripture today is from Luke 24, verses 5 through 8. Yes, I will pick you up. Everybody's met Liam, right? Liam's my assistant today. In the fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Check. Amen. Let's begin service by declaring the greatest name that is above all names, Jesus. Amen. That was that was well done, church. Hey, I want to tell you um, today. So you guys know uh, that that I can be a sap at times and it is good to allow yourself to feel it is it is biblical to allow yourself to feel. Uh, but today, for these next few moments, you got to understand, I'm going to be very guarded. I've got some walls that I've got to put up just so I can share with you and get a few things across this morning. And, and these, are, these aren't going to be the best days for me to look anybody in the eye, so I'll be kind of looking off in space a little bit, but sharing with you. But I do want to say thank you uh, to all of you for all of your support just leading up to this. And I just want to share a few things as we kind of get going here. Um, well, first of all, Last Sunday was Reaffirmation Sunday. It was the Sunday that we asked you to uh, reaffirm your membership. That book will stay out the rest of this month, and at some point in June, the deacons will begin to just kind of take or, you know, take a look at our membership and contact those that haven't signed. And the gifts kind of came in late. Uh, so today, before you leave, um, you, you can grab a Grace and Peace keychain before you go, okay? You can put this on your keychain and use it for so many different things you want, right? It's got the clip on it. You can do mountain climbing with this if you want to. Actually, you're not allowed to do, it says no climbing. That's the one thing you can't do with it. But anything else, you can. Now, if you don't like orange, they are in assorted colors. So before you leave, take this with you as your grace and peace token this morning, all right? So I just want to tell you before we get started, just a few um, Oh, by the way, those are back there uh, at the table right by your video. So if you go while we're still camcorn, you'll be right. You'll be, your face will be right on camera. So those keychains are, are right back there. Hey, just a few things I want to, uh, I want to review with you. Just, just some of the things just in the last, you know, nine and a half years that, that I just think that are, that are noteworthy. And I want to make sure all of you capture is noteworthy. You, you may remember a few, um, a few years ago, we, did, we had a couple little conferences here. Um, you know, we did a Financial Peace University together. We did Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage together. Uh, we had a few guests, that, that, a few guests and some of those that didn't really even attend our church, but were in need of something like this. And just that, that ministry alone was, was a service to our community. Uh, we've also, in previous years, I've, uh, I've been blown away at what many of you have stepped into roles in a community vacation Bible school, that many of you have, have you know, made that selfish decision to give up, selfless decision to give up a whole week and be a part of something that wasn't just about our church, that was about the community ministering to, to these young kids, this next generation. And I want to thank all of you for being a part of that. I can't even count how many different community vacation Bible schools that we did together. Oh, and speaking of that, you know, you put up with me 
uh, this oversized guy trying to put on his costumes that don't fit him and still sp- preaching to you or, or being a vacation Bible school character. Um, and, but thank you, all of you that, that uh, were, were there to do ministry to the kids. And we've been doing community meals most of uh, my tenure here. And our community meals just became a place for, you know, when we really, when we first started, when we got going, it was like 50% of uh, the, those that would come, maybe a little less than that, would, would even be people, again, that attended our church. You know, people that were coming regularly to be a part of this time of fellowship. And uh, you created that venue. And what, what maybe you don't know is that all the different conversations that I had, sometimes sticking after hours just talking to people about things going on in life, being able to be a pastor, being able to be a minister to them, and somehow, even whether they attend our church or don't attend our church, that provided that venue for that connection. Um, and I was really encouraged, and I know this was a, was a hard thing for us to go through, but uh, when, COVID, when COVID happened, I got to watch our deacons uh, step into some roles, begin doing some of those online devotions, and we, we learned how to interact with each other through Facebook, through a new venue that we really had never really used that much as a church before, which, which is why we're still, you know, filming it today through Facebook. All of that was launched during the COVID season. So I want to thank all of you for being a part of that, for sticking with us through those challenging times, including the, the service that we had, you know, the services that we had at Twin Valley South parking lot, as well as the, the, uh, the, 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 the other ministries that we did, the Jesus is Alive video that we did where we were connected all together during Easter. Um, but I also, you know, as a minister, I always re- also remember, you know, there's, there's a reality that, you know, in, in nine and a half years, you know, some people here have gone through some pretty tough stuff. And I, I've got to watch you come together as a community and be present with them in those moments. And, and I hope you are reminded that that's what a church is meant to be, that different kind of support system, even when it, at times you don't even know what to say, but to, to be present and to make yourself available. Church, I hope you understand, goes a long way. And so just a couple things I want to share just, just before we start the message today then. Um, I really did, uh, you know, kind of a, uh, a goodbye, kind of, it'd be too hard to say stuff here, so I did a lot of that in that newsletter. I read it last uh, Sunday uh, during our council meeting, so would encourage you just to get it, if you haven't read that yet, just please take a few moments and read it, but, but the biggest thing that I wanted to say to, to all of you that I said in, in that newsletter was to simply say thank you. We need something today. Like, if I have those moments that I get, like, emotional, maybe we can just all say amen or, you know, I'm a Pentecostal. You know, I come, thank you, by the way, thank you for allowing a Pentecostal to be your pastor, you know, for the last nine and a half years. But maybe just in this moment, just for today's special, if I start getting moments like that, you just say, hallelujah. Can you just, can you just give me one of those just for today, okay? And, and, uh, and if, if I start getting like that again. So, but what I want to say in that letter was thank you for letting us be us. See, when my wife and I would do some interviews, you know, many of you know that, that oftentimes there's. There's a certain amount of pressure that can be placed on a family, a certain amount of expectations 
that are unreasonable? <laughs> they may expect you to be perfect. They may expect you to perform in a certain way. And, and this church has been home for us. It's been a place where we could simply be us. And so to all of you, I just simply want to say thank you uh, for, for all of that. And so I want you to understand something here. Uh, a couple. These, this is the important thing that I'm going to say in some ways like I'm pointing my finger to you, okay? <laughs> You're going to have a, a wonderful man that's going to be here with you next week. And church, I do, I do want to share. Brian Jevin will be with you to, uh, to, to begin speaking in the, in the pulpit. He's, we've, his interim title, the interim pastor, the, the title we are using. And uh, I want to encourage all of you, please. I know, it's, I know it's a Memorial Day weekend. I know some people already have plans. For those of you that are here, please make him feel as welcome as possible, okay? It's, it's going to be incredibly refreshing for him to know that he has a congregation here that supports him, that is with him. And with that, the, the, you know, kind of the, the easier part of this is, you guys know my wife and I, my family, we're not going far. You know, we're not going anywhere geographically. Um, it is time, though, uh, to begin allowing someone else to be your minister starting next week. And that's going to be important for, for that person to, to fill that pastoral role. I would encourage you to allow Brian Jevin to be that man in your life in this next season. But I hope you also know that, you know, for Mandy and I and our family, for, through us, you always have a brother and sister in Christ, and you always have a friend. And we are not that far. So I hope that clarifies the boundaries for you, okay? You're going to have a minister. We're not going to be far. You, you, please don't be calling us, talk, talking to us about church stuff. We're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into that with you. That's going to be your new pastor's world. But if you need a friend, you need someone even to pray with or just whatever it may be, you know, those kind of things, we, we will certainly be available, okay? So today, I told you when we got to this Sunday, you really should already know all of what I'm going to share today. I, and I, I, I would be kind of flattered if you do, because these, I feel like, are the things that I've said the most. Okay? So just, just take a shot. What do you think might be the three, don't look, you can't say this, Chris, you got the sermon back there, but what do you think might be the three titles, the three key points, the three grace and peace nuggets from today's message? Go ahead, somebody say it out loud. Take it, raise your hand or, Vanessa. Vanessa. You've got it. You can have as much of God as you want to. In fact, you already do. That's number point number two. Point number three, we've already said already. What is it? Jesus is alive. Now, this first one, you may not, I, I've said it many times, it's probably my favorite uh, illustration. It's an illustration that, that uh, I know you've seen before. That is really a bridge between the two worlds that I'm in, and the pastoral world is also in the clinical counseling world. But the first one we're going to talk about today that I know you've heard is to sit at the table of grace. Sit at the table of grace. Yeah, go ahead and put that picture up. I'll talk about that here in just a second. Well, I'm sorry. First, I got to get to the scriptures there, Chris. If we can get to Colossians 3, 15 through 17. Colossians three fifteen through 17. Oh, we've, we got, we got, we're getting the word out, and I've got too many things I want to say, but we've got to make sure we begin with the word of prayer here this morning. So let's begin with the word of prayer. Jesus, you're alive. And now, in this moment, your spirit is ready to speak to your church. And so, Lord, 
may my, may my words fall, the, the wisdom of man, and allow the Spirit of God to bring forth eternal truth that brings forth eternal impact. May we be ready to receive what you have for us today, tomorrow, and the next day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Colossians three fifteen through 17 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And next, John 1.16 simply says, Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. So I want you to take a look at that picture up there. Put that picture back up. Um, my brother did actually, this is the, the image that I've shared with you many times on Sunday. Uh, but my brother actually did um, put, you know what, I should, Brandon's not here. So I actually drew that. I drew that. And um, yeah, I put that together. It just took me like five minutes really and just put that together. But, but was able to get, uh, put that image together. And so I hope you guys have found yourself in this illustration somewhere. If you are a man or a woman of God, I hope just like the verses that we've read, enough has come forth to, to you for you to understand and be able to accept the reality that you are blessed. Even the reality that you live in the country that you live in, you are blessed. You have been given much more than you deserve. And if you really just take some time with some gratitude to consider all that you have been given, you recognize that you are blessed. And that's the table, the table of grace that we are, we are, we are created to reside at. And that table is like designed that even if you could tell, even if you would bump that table, it's going to fall over. Something's going to fall over. That's how much, that's how blessed you are. But there's also another table in our life. And over there, it's like there's one piece of garbage that looks like somebody brought in, you know, from, from the backyard, right? And, and on that table, it's, that's really all that's there is some piece of garbage. And you can tell if it's like something dead, it's going to stink. And it's got just, just pungent and it's kind of like occupying a room in that moment. The challenge is when we have some garbage in our life, and all of us do, we oftentimes, that's all we see is the garbage. And we like to reside there. And church, the reality is this. The simple point of the illustration is this. Yes, you are going to have to experience some garbage in your life. But you notice the difference in that chair and that chair. You do not have to live at the table of garbage. You do not have to reside at the table of garbage. You were created to reside at the table of grace. This is where you belong. And I want you to recognize that this is a choice that you have every day. Even as you've come in here, you can recognize whether you're dwelling upon a lot of the negative things in your life. And so let's just kind of point out the reality here. Second, if you give me a few verses here. 2 Corinthians 9.8 says this, And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Ephesians 1.3 states that praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing 
in Christ. And Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Gratitude. Please hear this. Gratitude is the gateway to peace. Gratitude is the gateway to peace. Ruminating on your worries is the antichrist of peace. But how many of us, that's what we choose to do? How many of us, that's where we choose to reside, oftentimes is at the table of garbage? So I hope in these last nine and a half years, you've heard me hear this point, say this point many, many times. Sit at the table of grace. Next time you hear, go ahead, I feel really good, you can just text me or somebody that you said that. Next time somebody comes in complaining about everything, (laughs) you need to sit at the table of grace. Tell me, you, you shared that with someone. We need to learn how to sit at the table of grace. And as a church, we need to be people that learn how to allow, that welcome others to the table of grace. I always like to ask this question because this is the epitome right here, church of anxiety right here. Whether anxiety is, is recognize a lot of our anxiety is a choice. It is choosing to stay there. There's a joke I I met a girl one time. She said, my boyfriend just left me, left me because of my anxiety disorder. Oh, never mind. He's back. He just went to grab me a cup of coffee. And, and that's what anxiety does to us. That's what oftentimes being consumed with the worst. All right, number two. Y'all already said this one. You can have as much of God as you want to. In fact, you already do. Romans 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his pleasing and perfect will. Just leave that verse up there for a minute because you know, you know the saying, you can have as much of God as you want to. In fact, you already do. Now I have to first confess that that is not mine. I think I told you that. I didn't come up with that one on my own, okay? I had a wonderful, I had a wonderful professor in college that was just really, really good on three-point uh, three sermons and I, when you think of, I have probably three people that were the most influential people for me as far as just preaching, and Brother, brother Donald Moranville was his name. He was one of them, and he would, this is, this is how he would preach. He would begin to, he, he, would, he, would, he would talk to us, and he would just stare off into space, and his fingers would start moving like this, and it's like he went off into another dimension. And it was funny, because when I was a youth pastor, the kids used to say that about me. He's like, Pastor Brody, what's that thing you're doing with your hands all the time when you're preaching? So I, I had to clean that habit up a little bit, because I was just inspired by Brother Donald Moranville. But anyway, he, he, so this was his, and, and it, but this is a reality that, that comes in this text that says, Do not conform, but be transformed. That we have a responsibility that the only thing that's holding us back in our walk of faith is ourselves. And I noticed that I tend to blame other people for my my problems other than taking responsibility. But that's the way I was raised. (laughs) Joking, right? (laughs) Isn't that what we like to do? We always got to point. We always got to find a reason that doesn't come back to here. Church, we can read, you can read scripture as much as you want. You can come to church as often as you want. 
We can complain about, well, the pastor's not preaching loud enough. The pastor's talking too fast. Well, I can't hear, I can't hear the music. Well, they never sing my songs that I like. We can do this kind of stuff all day. But spiritual growth always comes back to here. It is your responsibility. And it's not your responsibility tomorrow. It's not your responsibility. Once I get enough things in order, once I have enough time in my life, then I'll really be able to serve God the way I know that I'm supposed to. No, it is your responsibility in this moment. As I, my note says, not the pastor's job to inspire me. It's not the church's job to sing the songs I like. The people's job to treat me how I want to be treated or like all my ideas. My faith is not about the circumstances I am, I am in. My faith is my responsibility. Faith requires action. You can have as much of God as you want to. In fact, you already do. All right. Finally, you knew this was coming out. The, they shared this verse. Um, they shared this verse at the beginning. The last point simply is Jesus is alive. As Luke 24, 5 through 8, we'll go ahead and get back to this. It says, in the fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. So I want you to hear me for a second. See, church is a good thing. Okay? But I want you to understand something. We can't just serve the God in the Sunday school lessons. We can't just serve the Jesus that the pastor talks about on Sunday. We can't just serve learning about the Holy Spirit in the Bible and then close the book for another time when we need some feel-good ideas. We must also serve the Jesus that has become personal to us. The Christ that we have a history with, a present with, and a future with. The Christ that we have experienced and have not come to understand because of sermons, but because of action. Because of the life that we are living with him. See, Jesus is alive has made a really good tagline for us, but it makes a better banner over your life, a real tangible banner. Because see, if Jesus is alive, then you have a purpose. If Jesus is alive, then you can always have hope in the middle of darkness, pain, and confusion. If Jesus is alive, there is a mission for this church today. If Jesus is alive, there is something that you can do to serve. And if Jesus is alive, as Scripture tells us, that you are not here to live for your will, for your agenda, for your purposes, but for the will of the living God. And church, do not close the doors and close the Bible on Sunday and close off our lives as well. I had something kind of neat happen this morning. I mean, we'll... You can judge with me how neat it is. But uh, I, I was just going through some of the media. We have like over 70-some videos that, you know, we purchased over the last nine and a half years. And I was like, I thought I'd just find something funny, you know. We've kind of showed some <coughs> stupid videos from time to time. And, and 
Instead, I found something that I never remember showing you guys. Maybe we did. Of course, I forget. So I'm, I'm guessing y'all will probably forget this one too. But it's just so powerful because it brings home this point here today of what this Jesus is alive is really meant to me. What this responsibility of us as a church is supposed to mean, but also where we are to find our identity. So if you can cut those lights, Chris, I want to ask you to show that that video. Love. Love. Turn that up a little bit. Love. Love. Love in this world is pretty messed up. It asks for a lot and it never returns the favor. Love in my world? Well, it brings more trouble than it's worth. In my world, love has felt like... Sabotage. It flees into the night. It it, it leaves at the first sign of trouble. And it never feels like, I love you no matter what. Because love in my world, it leaves. And when it leaves, there's only disaster left. Oh, promise is a lot, but it doesn't deliver much. It breaks hearts. I've picked up the pieces of my broken heart one too many times. So I build walls. Love isn't worth the tears. The pain, the loneliness. The surrender. It's exhausting. Even when you try to do love right, love fails. I have made a mess out of love. What good is it? You can't help me. Why love it all? Why do I even try to love? Why sacrifice to carry the burden? Why? 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 Because there is a perfect love. Perfect love that can end the disaster. A perfect love that can heal the brokenhearted. There is a love that saved those who are dwelling in this messed up world. God tells us about it because... We wouldn't recognize it if it showed up on our own doorstep. It's a love that takes its time. It's profound. It doesn't brag or badmouth. God's love is like a shield that we know will never leave us. That you can trust. Hoping. And you never, ever exhaust it. That's his kind of love. And it never fails. And while we were keeping records of wrongs, and self-seeking and being unkind, he still died for us. How can I love like that? How can I love like that? How can I love like that? Because I am loved like that. I can love well, not because of me, but because he first loved me. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hope, and always perseveres. See, church, this video put this out really, really well. The reality that Today in in our world, there is a human connection that is missing. 
There is a human connection that as we find all these new ways to stay connected with people, right here in our hearts, we are continuing to find more ways to be disconnected. We are finding more ways to put walls up because we're spending more time comparing ourselves to others rather than choosing to love others. And as we find ourselves in this comparison world, we find ourselves oftentimes insecure about our own selves and feeling as if we've missed something. And so the message of the gospel that, that I hope you hear the heart of the Father say to you today, as we close, I want you to hear this. I don't want you looking at me. I want you looking. I want you sensing the spirit of God today. I encourage everyone at this time just to close your eyes and bow your heads. Hope you hear the spirit of God say today that there is nothing you can ever do that will separate you from my love for you. I am the creator of the universe and I am crazy about you. You know about all of your insecurities and I know about even more and I still say that's my daughter, that's my son. I am with you and I love you and as you recognize your identity in me, you can be empowered to show the world something that they need, something different. So Jesus is alive is not just meant to be a tagline. It's meant to be something we accept each and every day. And if you find it in the most comforting way, my God loves me. I don't love myself enough sometimes, but my God loves me. I don't think that I am capable sometimes, but my God is crazy about me. I don't know if I, uh, sometimes I feel as if I don't sacrifice enough and maybe I don't do enough, but, but Christ came after me in ways that I can never compare and he would do, he's done everything for me. And Lord, in, in moments like this, we must be reminded of who we are. So now, from your soul, I'm not going to ask you to say it this time, but I want you to hear it in your spirit. The God that resides with you, that is always near you, that will never leave you, that there's nothing you can ever do to separate from his love. That Jesus is alive. Lord, I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for this journey. I thank you, Lord, for these moments where we reminded that we serve a living God, a God of love that distributes with grace and peace this unending love and says, now show the world what I have given you. Love others as I have loved you. And it's in that truth that we are reminded that Jesus is alive. Lord, to you be the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. I want to have my family come up. I want to have the right clan come up real quick. I'm going to read this benediction, and we're going to do one last. Jesus is alive together, okay? You guys got, you remember the line? It says, uh, the, we're going to begin by declaring the greatest name that is above all names. You guys do the Jesus part with me, okay? You got that? All right, please invite you all to stand for your benediction this morning.
May you sit at the table of grace. May you pursue more of God in your life. And in each moment of insecurity or purposelessness, may your banner be that Jesus is alive. And know that the creator of the universe, the king of kings and Lord of lords is crazy about you. Now, for the last time we'll say, I need a hallelujah real quick. Don't do that stuff. The great, we're going to close by declaring the greatest name. You got to join me. That is above all names. Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. And thank you. Hey, don't forget your grace and peace. You can get your grace and peace keychain before you go back table there. Sing it again. Great is 